Welcome to the RCAP USA Roundup, a podcast where we have real conversations affecting both cattle producers and beef consumers. We're your hosts, Jaden Moreland and Karina Jones. With that, let's get to today's episode. At RCAP USA, we are big believers in supporting businesses who support you. So today we welcome representatives from Farmers Business Network and talk issues America's ranchers are facing and how to work towards solutions. Well, welcome everyone to the RCAP USA Roundup. Today we have some representatives from Farmers Business Network, one of our 2022 convention sponsors. So thank you, Don and Roger, for being on with us today. And why don't y'all kind of start out with telling us about your company, Farmers Business Network? Absolutely. So the reason it's called Farmers Business Network is a group of farmers out of the uh, Midwest were frustrated buying retail, selling wholesale. And so they got together trying to see what they could do to address that. Um, And that was the Birth Farmers Business Network about eight years ago. From there, with an acquisition, they brought on um, our, the agency Roger and I used to represent, we were heavy into livestock. And so we are transitioning into doing the exact same thing for the cow-calf producer and the folks that run stockers and yearlings. Short version is, is if you don't produce a crop or livestock, we really can't help you. We're here to support and help producers as best we can. Well, we like that as producers. So <laughs> um, so now that we kind of know a little bit about y'all's company, now let's introduce y'all to our listeners. So Don and Roger, can y'all give us kind of a quick introduction to who you are, your position within the company, and kind of what that includes as your day job? Sure. I'm a, a crop agent with them. Uh, predominantly in uh, LRP, which is the livestock side, risk protection on the price, uh, deal with annual forage and uh, PRF. That's the three things in our area here that's real prominent. So I I sell for them in that regard. Don? Yes, I'm Don Moody, sales manager or uh, Farmers Business Network and the Crop Insurance Division. I cover from the Atlantic to the Pacific. And I want to bring up real quick one of the things, and it's again why Roger, I'm thankful he could be on our call today, is he's actually a dang good risk advisor and consultant. He understands what you all are facing and does a nice job coming up with solutions. Very cool. And you said, Roger, you're in Oklahoma. Don, you're in Nebraska, right? Or Iowa? I'm smack dab between Oklahoma City and Amarillo. Okay. I'm smack dab southeast Ames, about 23 miles in Iowa. Okay, very cool. So where are y'all like based out of? Or is kind of everybody work from home or how does that work? So most of our folks do. In fact, with the exception of, I think, eight agents of our 42, everyone works out of their home. And so the joke is, is their office is their pickup. Um Roger's famous for actually working with the gentleman. Their little kid was asleep. So with a flashlight, they did a risk management plan for annual forage and PRF on the hood of a pickup by flashlight one evening. Oh my gosh. I love it. My <laughs> Dedicated. Office, uh, my office consists of, uh, besides the shoot, working cattle, sitting on a tractor, selling LRP at 11 o'clock at night, baling hay. So I have a moving office. I'm a producer as well as an agent. So I'm, I'm right there hand in hand with them. Very cool. Very cool. Um, 
So you talked about knowing the risks that farmers and ranchers face, you know, those being the weather, the markets, mortality. What solutions and risk management tools does Farmers Business Network offer cattle producers and farmers? Well, we offer on the weather side, the uh, pasture range and forage, which we refer to as PRF. Lack of rain is going to force the farmer into a marketing situation, which is usually a bad timing situation. So what we offer is coverage on that to try to help alleviate some of the cost of uh, A, buying hay, purchasing hay to try to maintain the herd. Farmer gets into that situation. Now we're going to have to hedge against uh, price. Obviously, if more cattle are coming to the to market, the price is going to go down because there's a lot of them to pick from, which in the, in the end of the day affects the farmer's bottom line. So if we can go in and set some price protection on these calves and in then in to protect and hedge against that event, they've got some protection when that market drops. So we try to keep them in, in a very positive uh, situation on the price of their calves. The, the other thing is in a drought, even if it's a small drought, you know, four or five month drought, not some of them two or three years, but obviously you're gonna have to reduce the herd. When, when the factory's gone, the mama's gone, or she goes to town, there's no hope of more income at that point from her. You know, we get into a wheat situation, run a lot of stalkers. Uh, if that wheat's not coming on and that farmer's used to running 3,000 head, he's now cut to 1,500 head, that's 50% of income right there, right off the table. So we try to go in and work with them to hedge against these situations because these situations are real, they happen. Farmers understand them extremely well. And so that's kind of our focus is trying to keep them in a positive situation and prevent a nosedive off the cliff situation in the cattle business or pasture, wheat pasture uh, on calves. That's kind of our focus here. Mortality, obviously, if you've got a lot invested, you want to protect that against death, lightning, you know, uh, cattle getting out on the road, getting hit. Uh, those situations happen all the time. So mortality would, you know, hedge you against that, that loss. Don, you want to interject anything? No, you covered it pretty well. Again, it's, uh, those are three of the main exposures. One thing I will add to it quickly is a rancher can make an informed decision. Again, that's what I like when folks work with our group of consultants, Roger being one that covers Oklahoma, parts of Texas, uh, a little bit of Kansas is that there's two kinds of you can retain risk and that's you know maybe i move my pasture or my cattle out of the hill country when there's a blizzard coming in you know maybe maybe i keep half of my hay back or half my pasture back you know that's self-retained risk we come in when that risk gets too great or in the case of a prolonged drought you know it's it's pretty difficult to keep back half your your pasture and your hay if you're in a three or a five year drought because eventually half just flat runs out. And again, to Roger's point early on, that's where these protections come available. But again, that rancher can make an informed decision on, do I wanna keep that risk? Because I've done it for years 
or do I want to have Roger work with me or one of our other agents on seeing what it would cost to transfer that risk? The other thing that's kind of interesting is farmers, row crop farmers have had ways to transfer risk since the 30s of the last century. Ranchers have not. It's fairly new. A great number of folks don't even realize that they can transfer risk. They don't understand how it works um, because they're not aware or familiar with it. And again, that's where we come in. Educate, see what makes sense, spelled with a C, and see what direction the folks want to go. You know, as you guys talk about these risks and exposures that cattle producers are facing and how you can help them, um, it's, I mean, it really sounds to me like these are risks that our cattle producers in all 50 states can be exposed to. So is Farmers Business Network, are you guys licensed in all 50 states? So a head nod doesn't show up on an audio, does it? Yes, we are <laughs> licensed in all 50 states. Another thing I want to bring up quickly is we, we have a regional concept. And the reason we do is I grew up being a farm kid in the northern sand hills and we ran a lot of cattle. Ranching in the northern sand hills is completely different than it is in North Dakota, a little bit different than it is in South Dakota, and a whole different game than it is in the southeast or Texas, uh, New Mexico, Arizona. We do our best to have local agents that understand what's going on in their region. And Roger, I'd say what, 80% or if not 90% of our agents are involved directly in production agriculture to keep their um, finger on the pulse, if you will, of what's going on and what risks are actually present. Yes, and I think that's very important in this business that you're, as a, as a rancher, farmer, you're talking to somebody that's in the game with you that's understanding because it, it it takes that person to understand in a drought hey my, my hay crop just went to 25 percent of what it did last year what do i how can i hedge against that is there anything i can do against that absolutely we can we can hedge against that because if you're going into winter with 25 percent of your hay crop and that and i don't understand that i can't relate i can't relate to them other than here's a policy but I can absolutely relate to them in, in this. And I think all of our agents that are involved in that, that's where you get ahead of the game a little bit, maybe with your agent is they are going to understand your pains and what's going on today. Yeah. I think we at RCAF for sure have a special appreciation for that. Cause like our board of directors, every single one of them are their producers right along with our members and same with Karina and I, we both, I mean, I don't get out to the ranch every single day, but I'm seventh generation and she's raising her kids on her ranch. And so we are firm believers in that, you know, for producers by producers kind of mentality. So you brought up some really good points. Um, both of you have Roger and Don and this whole um, concept of, you know, having re regional people from Farmers Business Network that our cattle producers can speak to. How do they find you? How do they find who's in their region or who they need to be connected with? Absolutely. So I do not have the phone number in front of me, which is a bit embarrassing, but they can go f fbn.com. Um, you'll find a shop in there and I'll talk to that just very, very quickly. So we are building out the livestock portion of it as far as um, feeds, nutrition. Um, we have a vet consulting 
group out of Minnesota that'll come out and do a whole herd inspection and, and help you with your, your genetics to your nutrition program. That's not Roger and I, but it is FBN. It's part of the same team. But within that, you'll find insurance. And so some things we bring to the table too that's important is we actually have a health insurance coverage for farm and ranch families that's only available to farm and ranch families. Um, Roger and I are, well, Roger may not be, but uh, because of being a teacher and his wife is a school principal, but we, I'm on the policy and it's very, very good. The premiums are affordable like the coverages. Roger and I don't deal with it. If somebody says you're interested, we hand you off to the person that knows that which also dwells on what we try to do is put you in the contact with the person that knows. Um, Roger has a brilliant relationship with a lady by the name of Lauren Ivy out of Southeast Oklahoma that's a nutritionist. Roger hands all the nutrition questions off to Lauren because that's what she does. You know, likewise, if there's an insurance question or risk management question around hedging or or, you know, not hedging necessarily, but the LRP PRF, she hands them off to Roger. So you'll see a lot of that teamwork within us too. Um, as we were preparing for this two days ago, one of the things that was kind of interesting and actually fascinating is the fact that our goals and motives are not that different. Um, one of our co-founders is getting famous for saying, you know, why are you here? And his answer, loosely paraphrased is, we are passionate about bringing margin back to the producer. Um, RCAP, I see that. You're passionate about bringing margin back to the producer. So our, our goals are not that different. How we serve people might be, but our goals are not. That's excellent. Way to, way to tie those two together. Um, what challenges is Farmers Business Network facing right now in the landscape of your, your business? Well, I so, think one of the biggest challenges I see, people really don't know about us. I mean, we go to shows and we go to, you know, small events around and, and it, the challenge is just trying to get out in front of people and, and, uh, and visiting with them. And, you know, once you get over that hurdle, they like a lot of what they see, but uh, that's a challenge from an agent side is is just trying to get out in front of people and, and letting them know that we're here and what we do and we're here for them and they just see that word and our FBN or Farmers Business Network and it's not necessarily downtown behind a window on Main Street you know <laughs> so they just automatically roll on it's like I'm right here in your neck of the woods I can help you know we just as Don said we're I think the goal's the same we just operate a little different sometimes that throws them off maybe but that's the biggest challenge I see from my, my standpoint. Now, Roger brings up a good point. There's two nemesis one not being known. The other one is, is um, we truly are motivated to be consultants and advisors, because if we do right by you, we don't have to worry about us. That's just a truism. You know, if we put together a plan that works best for you and actually you help develop that plan, it, it's your plan. I mean, obviously we know the technical side, we know all of the coverage aspects, but you know your operation and your risk. And so again, to Roger's point, if we can get folks to sit down with us and go over, you know, what they face, you know, you two could have identical operations and have different debt load, different herd management practices. I mean, they could be all over the place. And we need to take the time to find out what truly is your pain point and address it. 
Um, speaking really quickly on our livestock side, um, because again, FBN has several different business units. Roger and I are in the crop insurance. We have folks in the, in the health and nutrition side, as well as seed and chemical, et cetera, is building out logistics. Um, we actually have a hold right now on lick tubs. And the reason we do is we can't guarantee that we can get a lick tub out to you in a timely fashion. So we're not going to until we can be assured that if you call today, it's at the barn door tomorrow. And once that happens, we're full speed ahead. Um, the pharmaceuticals were extremely competitive on. I think up at the RCAF, we had a BOGO on. Um, I should have been there. I'd know the answer to this question. I think it was Draxon. It was a buy one, get one. Well, that helps a producer return margin. You know, if you can mm -hmm. buy your, your pharmaceuticals at a discounted rate, why would you not? Uh, we'll actually work with your local veterinarian a lot of times because we're finding they can buy through us less than, than they're buying from their supplier. But again, it's all about putting that margin where it ought to be, which is with the producer. But that is one of our heads ones we're facing. Actually, Roger. You tell them a good story while I look up information. And my apologies, ladies, knowing full well we can scrub this portion of it. Yep, I'll edit this part out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll just give you an example of how we kind of struggle because that's a that's a good topic. You know, we in, in this area we don't harvest a lot of wheat with a combine. We do graze it. And we already discussed that a while ago with the example of having you know cut that grazing in half. So let's talk about the hay situation. So we come off grazing and we hay a lot of wheat to help get ahead of the game in case we get in a summer drought and that grass does not produce. So so let's say that farmer has now cut his cattle grazing in half, and his his hay produces one fourth. That's what it done last year, by the way. That's a true number. I can't tell you how many farmers I, I visit with that have no idea they can have coverage on that. It's a huge advantage when you get in that situation to have some protection, to hedge against. That's what we're talking about. When we talk about, you know, hedging against those losses. It's, it's much more than just a, just a policy. I mean, you're, you're hedging against your actual income here to stay in business because we got to get through those, we call them mini droughts in our area more than a, a long-term drought is going to be harsh on everybody, but we have a lot of mini droughts that it doesn't rain at the right time, you know, so there, there goes my first cutting of grass. It's gone. Or in this case, we got this year, we got the first cutting of grass, but we had to turn cattle in on the second cutting to save the herd or go into a tremendous loss and sell half the herd or three fourths of it, whatever it might be. So. Those are stories we run across all the time. Like I said, just getting out there, getting in front of them, letting them know what we have to offer them on an individual basis. But like Don said, every every farm's different. Just because your neighbors doesn't mean the, you're, you're operating the same. I want to give you the chance to uh, recap your website again and how cattle producers can connect with you. So the best way for folks to find us and also be able to shop FBN holistically would be www.fbn.com forward slash insurance. Our toll-free number for those that would prefer that is 877-204-4645. Again, you can just 
ask for insurance. I do recommend the website in that everything is out there. One of the things we're quite proud of is transparency. The price you see is the price you get. Um, if you are a large volume orderer, you'll see the discounts that apply to that. So if, if the neighborhood decides to huddle up and do a large order, that is, that is fine. One person has to pay for it, obviously, but you can collect from the rest. But no, we strongly suggest folks going out to the website. Yeah, and I'll be sure to put that in the show notes. Um, and so it sounds like y'all are constantly having conversations with people, a wide variety of people in the ag industry as a whole. So what are you hearing as you have these discussions right now? Like what is kind of the pulse of the cattle and agriculture industries from y'all's point of view? Well, I'll, I'll start that one right now in the cattle industry. Of course, the big talk is we've just had to shrink the herd. The herd has already shrunk a little bit. Now it's shrunk more. So the, the positive note is if you can get through to the next spring, prices should look pretty good, pretty promising. What do we have last week? Oh, the couple of the rail people are going to strike. You know, you got a rail strike talk now going on. Well, what's that going to do to the trucking industry? Well, now the trucks are, so here we go. Now we're going to plummet the, any negative news, any, and I can't say that word big enough. I know it's three letters, but it's a huge word. Any negative news, in my opinion, this is my opinion, seems to affect the cattle industry more than any other industry. Corn, grains, strike, trains, you just name it. Uh, just like Don said, getting enough product to guarantee tubs out. All of that affects the cattle price. It's hit immediately on these things. So that is a huge concern right now with the cattle is we what should we do should we protect these prices right now for next spring sure those guys want to go home and sleep at night absolutely what led me to this business was not being able to sleep at night wondering what tomorrow's going to bring is russia going to invade ukraine and lock up all the grain and all the nitrogen all the fertilizer what's going to go on here because every single negative thing that comes out there affects the cattle industry in some way fashion or form so that, that's where we come in and try to set those floor prices for them on those calves is, you know, where are they comfortable at? How much do they want to, do they just want to hedge against the debt? Do they want to hedge some profit in possibly? Where, where do they want to be at? Because everybody thinks differently on that. But I can assure you the guy that's out there with no protection is at a absolute risk. So right now going on is hopefully next spring is a very promising time for prices. It's a, you know, a big talk out there, but I still say we still got to hedge against those. When you got profit in there, that's the perfect time to hedge in the event tomorrow brings another catastrophe <laughs> news story somewhere. Don. Yeah. Thank you, Roger. So Roger spot on with the pulse of the market. Producers are painfully aware of that. I do a lot of traveling and what I see is a lot of drought um, across the major production areas from the Southeast, um, Mississippi, Arkansas, parts of Missouri had an extreme drought this year. They're not used to that. Um, I had never seen corn being baled before, Hayden baled. We bail corn stalks here. We bailed corn stalks and soybean stubble back home. I'd never seen standing corn hayed before because it's just total absence of ears. So 
you know, again, Mother Nature has dealt another blow across significant swaths of the cattle producing area. Um, you know, feedstocks are going to be an issue. And then, of course, the price of grain. So all I can say to it is, you know, keep your ear to the ground. Um, there are options out there. Reach out to one of our folks. They can work with you on a risk management plan. Doesn't work for everyone, but it works for most. And you don't know until you ask. Yes, exactly. So do y'all have any like upcoming shows that y'all are going to or where can producers find you in the next like, I don't know, a few months? <laughs> so the, the smart aleck answers were everywhere and that's not far from the truth. Right now we just wrapped up yesterday Red Angus and Kalispell, Monta Montana. We had a group up there. Next week we're at um, North Dakota Stockman. We've got Kansas Livestock Association coming up. We've started doing a lot of small producer meetings in Missouri. Something I would throw out to the listeners today is if you've got a county group that gets together or a regional group that gets together, we will come in and do a risk management presentation. We'll go over how LRP works. You know, what are the meat and potatoes of it? We'll go over PRF. How does it work? Um, mortality is pretty cut and dry as far as whole herd and specified or excuse me specified perils and the all risk for your bulls and donor cows we will do that we enjoy doing that a lot we just finished one up in harrison nebraska last saturday night we had 15 ranchers come in and and we did a presentation on risk management actually in a guy's garage <laughs> so we, <laughs> we we cooked up some new york strips and while everybody was busy eating we were talking because that's the best time to visit with folks um but no, the point is we are everywhere. We try to support the major organizations. We try to support a lot of the groups. And one of the focuses now going forward is actually supporting the local producer too. So again, um, what we do, we'll come in and, and buy supper because usually it's a supper meeting, doesn't have to be. We've got one coming up in Protection, Kansas at Don's place um, early October. That'll be a group of cow-calf producers. Some of them run run yearlings, but predominantly cow-calf. Again, it's just the message is going to be the same. Here's risk management options. Um, here's how they work. And then the format is after we're done, if they want to have a further conversation, then they can have a one-on-one -on -one with one of our one of our agents. But Yeah, it's important to get into those local smaller meetings just as much as it is to get into those bigger groups, I feel like. And so um, we'll have to get y'all in with some of our affiliates maybe because I know they just had some meetings and they always are looking for people to, you know, give presentations and inform their members. Um, well, so Karina or Dawn or Roger, do y'all have anything else to add? I've got one quick thing. So that very last question, my favorite cut of beef, actually I like all, but a T-bone prepared by Rogers among the finer things in life. And yes, <laughs> I have experienced that. <laughs> Hey, we're in cattle country. We like that beef. Yes. I don't know if there's a bad cut on a beef. <laughs> um, a quick sub note, too, is in a lot of our presentations, like we just three weeks ago did Heart of America Galvey in South Central Missouri, and then we'll be at Kirksville, Missouri for a meeting the 1st of November. Um, we're actually starting to bring in our marketing people. We have Nicole Tonak covers the North. She's up in Montana right now. She'll be in North Dakota next week for us. Works in a whole other business unit. And yes, it's grain marketing. 
I had her counterpart, Diana DeHart out of uh, St. Joe, Missouri, go with me to a meeting and I didn't speak much because every person there was a cattle producer. There was one guy that had the little itty bitty acreage of corn, but everybody was cow calf. They wanted to hear what she had to say on grain marketing, not what I had to say on risk management, which was fine. I mean, that we had no qualms with that, but it was interesting in the fact I didn't realize how engaged the cow calf producers would be on grain marketing, but it's so relevant to what they do to back to Roger's points. Exactly. That's what they feed the calf with. That is a huge part of their planning and discussion. So reach out to me, please. We have, we only have one Roger, but we have about 10, almost Rogers scattered across the U S <laughs> and we do again. And the format is, and I think you saw that today, we didn't talk much about buy from us, buy from us. The talk was about what we can offer for risk management and what's available. That's what the presentations are there. Teach folks, show them how it works. And then what we're finding, and there's a motive behind it. If we look you in the eyes and teach you how this works and answer all your questions on how it works, you're a lot more likely to do business with us because we took the time to explain how it works. I think I said works 47 times right there, but it's that important. <laughs> okay, well, Don said he likes a T-bone. Roger, you didn't give us your favorite one. You can't answer with the whole cow either. So what is your favorite cut of beef and how do you like it prepared? Oh, <laughs> uh, the T-bone's probably the best if it's prepared correctly. The problem with beef, the problem with beef, they overcook it. And then it gets tough. You can't, you got to slow, get that grill out, turn that heat down, let that puppy cook. Okay. So we need a full eat. tutorial. What do we season with? What, what is your advice? Cause Don said it's like an out of this world experience. So we need to know how you do it. Well, you got to put a little rub on it. That's nice. Always let it thaw. Do not try to cook it frozen. Let it thaw good. Let's season a little bit. And, and honestly, don't season it a lot. Just let it do its thing. Don't poke around on it all the time. Just put it on there. Turn it once or twice. That's plenty. But it takes time. It takes time to cook a good steak. That's why when you go to a good steakhouse, you wait a while because they know what they're doing. They are slow cooking this. <laughs> I love it. Well, the next best thing is... When you when you brown that hamburger that meat the hamburger meat, eat it right out of the pan, smoking hot. It is the best flavor. It loses flavor when it cools. Now that's with a, a good thing. corn chip. Take your corn chip, just dip it right out of the yes. skillet. I <laughs> like the way y'all think. <laughs> that makes a lot of ladies mad in the kitchen when the man's in there dipping the beef right out of the pan as, <laughs> as it's browning. But that's the best flavor of hamburger meat you'll ever taste, right there. That sounds good to me. <laughs> if you haven't, try it, especially if you put a little onion in with the hamburger. I'm a fan of blue chips, but, you know, everybody has their own. <laughs> well, it has been a pleasure meeting you all today and getting to talk with you all. I love this format because, you know, at convention, it's so crazy. And so we don't get to talk with really like us as staff don't get to talk really at convention with the vendors. And so I appreciate y'all sitting with us and talking with us and letting us get to know you and letting our listeners get to know you. And well, we hope that y'all, we'll see y'all next year at convention, maybe. 
Oh, you will see it as convention. We are so thankful for businesses like Farmers Business Network and their commitment to the cattle industry. But also, without the support of businesses like them, RCAP would not be where we are today. So thank you, Farmers Business Network, for being a 2022 convention sponsor, and we look forward to working with y'all in the future. So for more information, visit their website, fbn.com, or call 877-204-4645 and give them a follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. If you'd like more information on being a 2023 convention sponsor, please let one of us on the RCAF staff know, and we'd be happy to talk with you. As always, stay connected and involved in the conversation by following us at RCAFUSA on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. listening to today's episode of the RCAF USA Roundup. To learn more about RCAF USA, visit our website www.r-cafusa.com 